0: Welcome to the family with
1: Alex Bernard Rasmussen, co-host Catherine Brandt,
0: and Andy yeah. Brampernard. See, we're all here. Everything is good. Michael Bryant might call in, not really sure. Oh,
2: he's not going to be in?
0: <clears throat> he's not going to be, he's in Iowa, apparently. I'm
2: it's good for him that he's not here because I did not get to shower after my workout either. So, oh well,
0: it's <laughs> nice. only your brother has to put up with that. Well, no, so he's in good. a
2: different room. Yeah, I got so a producer he,
0: studio. That's right. Yeah, yeah, we're good. That's right. You're in a producer oh. studio. Oh, so we're stink, stink
2: up a <laughs> storm, you know, and it's okay. I put okay. on deodorant, but I I got way sweatier than anticipated. So
0: it's oh yeah. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? well, it's another year.
4: What's new for 2023 at Walzer? Well, we're going back in time in a way. You bought a DeLorean franchise. Not exactly. Mm. The market's returning to normal. New inventories are getting back to pre-pandemic levels, and used car prices are returning to normal. So what's a 1995 Camry worth? Deep sympathy. Mm. Mike, have you considered something newer? Well,
1: I would if it came with a 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty. Hey, was that convincing? As if I knew what a powertrain was?
4: No it 's sure. major medical coverage for your car, and it 's free with every new car and most used cars at Walzer. I hope you're also keeping your return and exchange program. of course, people really like that because it means you can 't make a mistake. Interestingly, though, we sold forty five thousand cars last year, and we took back less than a hundred amazing
0: upfront pricing a three hundred fifty thousand a mile warranty a return and exchange policy. It's no wonder you sold 45,000 cars last year. To learn more, go to Walzer.com.
5: Can I add something?
0: No. All right, I got to run some, I have not opened this story yet, so I don't know the answer, so we can all guess. There's a story this morning about the, this is the happiest nation on Earth. It's always. What do you think is the happiest nation Sweden, on Earth? It's always Sweden, Norway, Denmark, something it's like that. It's always Denmark every time. So you're going Scandinavian? Always.
5: It's always Scandinavian, or, it always or it's Canada, but or I doubt Canada. that these days
0: or Canada okay or anybody Canada. else Scandinavia Canada
1: Russia there's they're very happy people
0: <laughs> yeah I'm sorry always no. smiling no. all the time yeah <laughs> no. Only spreading
1: joy and peace throughout the world <laughs> really just all
0: right <clears throat> any other guesses before I click on it no <clears throat> we're good
2: Scandinavian something
0: okay here we go the happiest nation on earth ladies and gentlemen is Finland
1: oh there you go not Scandinavia
0: <laughs>
2: Finland
1: is not Scandinavian. Scandinavia. Nope,
5: it's part of Finno <laughs> I have
1: Aww. been to Finland mm-hmm. and it is basically like going to Minnesota.
5: Yeah, oh, is it? Finland mm-hmm. is basically Minnesota.
1: It's like pine
2: a, trees, rivers, and lakes. That's, that's like when we took the train through Sweden, I was like, are we in Wisconsin? Mm-hmm. I know. I feel very yeah. Wisconsin. Well, oh,
5: Finland is barely even bigger than minnesota too so
1: no finland's very small
5: so it's yeah but we've it's, got
1: a uh, we've got a bunch of sister cities to finland don't yes. we, we have Mid- a ton. Do we? yeah in northern minnesota?
2: yeah on the way to dan's aunt and uncle's cabin in wisconsin you pass like five sister cities of finland and sweden
1: and i'm not sure what that means it probably means we give them money but i don't know
0: well it could be I,
2: no they're but just named the same thing
1: <laughs> oh yeah
0: Uh, It may be cold in the Nordic countries, but residents' hearts are warm. At least that's what the 10th Annual World Happiness Report found during this year's ranking of 137 nations. Perhaps the Verge, the report, or per the Verge, excuse me, the report which uses study data and self-assessed life evaluations... Uh, found that we've been remarkably resilient amid the pandemic, which didn't uh, dampen overall happiness too much. The report analyzes six key factors, social support, income, health, freedom, generosity, and absence of corruption. Well, until we got to the absence of corruption part, it could have been Minnesota. (laughs) Right? Yes. Of the 10 happiest nations, you guys were right. Of the 10 happiest nations, five fall under the Nordic umbrella. But then it says, with Finland taking number one, but... So, um, Nordic is right. It's just not yeah, Scandinavian. Nordic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. okay. Um, <clears throat> this is a real shock. Which is the least happy nation in the world?
2: Russia. Uh, some Asian or North Korea?
0: Yeah, it's going to mm-hmm. be like UAE or Ghana, something like that. Yeah. It is. Okay, we'll go from 128 to 137. We'll go to bottom 10. Okay. Zambia, Tanzania, Comoros—I don't even know where Comoros is. Is that where Comoros Never. dragons are from? I must that's be. Not a thing. <laughs> Malawi, uh, Botswana, Democratic Republic of Congo, Zimbabwe, Sierra Leone, Lebanon, and Afghanistan is yep. the worst nation in the world. Middle Japan, East and Africa. Japan.
2: Okay, that's not tragic.
0: Comoros
5: is a tiny, tiny island just north of Madagascar.
0: And they're not happy at all. There.
5: Apparently, they they're happy? not happy. They have a
0: total population
5: of oh, eight hundred fifty thousand. That's actually not that small.
0: Oh. Hmm. What, what's amazing is we're talking about the cradle of man, as they used to call it. That's where wow. people first uh, first lived on the planet Earth. and it's the most miserable place. I'm
1: on not. Earth. I'm not <laughs> any world expert, but I'm guessing poverty and yeah.
0: corrupt government
1: yeah. really has yeah. a, has. Yeah.
0: Hurt you
2: people. think yeah. mm-hmm. Plays a bit of a sure? role in overall happiness. Yeah. Right. So.
0: Okay. We're going to go with the top 10 happiest nations in the world. Okay. Any other guesses? Do you think the United States is in there? No. Yes. I don't either. I don't Absolutely not. I think they
1: are. I think it's
2: So the,
0: the women think it is. The men think it is not. So here we go. We go. Number 10 is New Zealand, mm. which kind of surprised me. Why wouldn't New Zealand be happy?
2: They're happy. They're one of the top 10.
0: Oh, that's right. They are. I forgot. This. I went from the bad Wait. to the good. I forgot, wow, I forgot Dad, that. You're
1: really wow. on it today. you really.
0: I forgot. Hey, I've already been working. You know what I mean? Oh, what I haven't
2: it? at all. So I'm.
0: Um, we got New Zealand. Then we have Luxembourg. Yeah. Then we have Switzerland. Mm-hmm. You guys still have to get to Switzerland. Someday. Uh, it's we phenomenal. all should go, we to, absolutely Switzerland. Do. go to Switzerland. Phenomenal. Norway is number seven. Sweden is number six. The Netherlands, number five. Israel is number four. Iceland number three, number two is Denmark, and number one, as we said, is Finland. So yeah, you guys were right. Mostly Scandinavian nations, Nordic, it's all insular
5: nations as well.
1: Well, you also have to remember that um, a lot of these nations pay a lot of money to get on these lists.
5: That is true because I
1: mean, it helps promote
2: tourism. Yes. Oh,
5: I suppose happiness yeah. is yes. so subjective.
1: It's you know.
2: Well, and I will say I have been to Scandinavian countries, and me too. I I'd say that all of the people are very very happy.
0: So why didn't it pass along to Minnesota which is all Scandinavian?
2: Well,
0: the Germans of, mess it we're up. We're
2: part of America, it's not we don't have yeah. total
5: control mm-hmm. over. Yeah, it. America's happiness is very much under attack.
0: Yeah. It really is, but I mean my whole life it's always been the fact that that Minnesotans are never forthcoming. They keep to themselves. The Minnesotans, in general, are not very friendly people. No, not really. Oh, well, depending. The Scandinavian yeah, ones aren't.
2: Well, Scandinavian people aren't forthcoming, but they're nice. Does are that they? Sense? Yeah.
1: Well, like they- it, They're still not friendly. I mean, they're friendly. Everybody's friendly, but nobody will let you in. Like, most people I know that are, like, yeah. Minnesotans, they don't. They have the same friends for a million years. They do everything with those friends. They have, you know, people that can come in once in a while, but they're not part of the internal group. And it seems like it, even from elementary school, they all hang out forever. Yeah. Yeah. And people that move to Minnesota, a lot of times are like, I haven't made one friend, and I've lived here eight years. I mean, oh, I yeah. have. They oh, like, yeah. I have friends. We do things together, but we're not like friendly best friends. Right.
5: Well, the most recent so friend you- I made was what Alex Gerard,
2: yeah, but you when don't I care. was
5: like 12, <clears throat>
2: yeah, and but I make friends friend. every other day.
5: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <And you do. laughs> but yes, <laughs> I'm even like no matter where I
0: lived, it would be the same,
5: yeah.
2: I make friends yeah. everywhere I go, matter.
0: yeah. But we were talking this morning on the morning show about the fact that Andy, you were good friends with uh. Gilbert Godfried and Judy Gold. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> about good, to friends. good to friends. Well, they really both well, it. they both really like you.
1: If if you lived in the same area, you would definitely yeah be best friends because mm-hmm. I mean you are you know. You were born a you'd, grumpy old man. You'd 100 be a fresh man. Gilbert
2: Godfrey, and Andy. Only mm. you.
0: So many so similarities. To each other. You and Gilbert, exactly. But well, we found out last night. Mom and I were watching the City on a Hill, and Judy Gold is on that show in the third season.
1: Yeah, they had her looking a lot. Di- she mean, looks totally different. I thought different. she looked. I was like, is that Judy Gold? And then she talked, but she had a Boston accent. Right. She didn't have her typical New York accent, so that kind of threw me for a minute.
5: Oh, yeah, I'm looking at the uh, pictures.
1: Yeah, you don't can... they have her looking a little more, um, I don't know, what the, frumpy? You well, yeah, yeah, but that's,
5: yeah. I mean, it's about politicians, right? Yes. They're all frumpy.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm, that's pretty much
5: true, yeah, Until no question Until you get about to the that.
1: elite club and you get a stylist and makeover. Oh, well,
5: yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know, it's that seems to be true. like... The thing right now is for female politicians to eschew femininity, femininity as much as possible. Oh, because, really? Because, well, they're trying to, you know, like, take back the, you know, they don't want to be seen as just a woman. They want to be seen as everyone else. So they they go overboard and they make themselves look frumpy.
1: Just a woman, even though I'm vice president of the United States. <laughs> yeah, there you go.
5: Well, it's the thing. It's like, you know, they don't want to be seen as a woman first but
1: oh, well.
5: as if that's a problem that's as if that's not a problem for men as well, well but i you don't know. know
1: why that would be something to be ashamed of or hide or cover up but whatever
5: that's because that's how that's how the dominating culture is right now is everything traditional has to be subverted
0: oh, no no doubt about that I gotta change everything um, do you think we'll ever take back the nation that, that that all of us will move to the middle from the left and the right and just say, look, you people are insane. Get the hell out, away from me. Well, it's starting <clears> to <throat> happen in some states, but good, not many of them. No. Well, we'll give you an example. And, I, again, I'm not taking sides in this because if, if Trump or Biden committed crimes, then they need to go to jail, right? They, I mean, they should that, both if, go to jail regardless. They <laughs> should just go to jail anyway. Put them in a cell yeah, together. Just, just <laughs> just <laughs> just yeah. Work out president. your differences. And videotape it. It's over with. But, I mean, here's the problem that we do have, is that, again, I'm not defending Donald Trump. I'm just pointing out the facts that Donald Trump supposedly paid his lawyer $130,000 um, in campaign money or something to, uh, to buy off uh, Stormy Daniels, right? Why would he need to use campaign money? He has $130,000. That's what I'm thinking. I doubt that it was campaign yeah, money. Yeah, that's, that's why the ar- that argument doesn't make sense. I didn't think he took
2: campaign money.
0: I'm sure he did. Yeah,
2: I don't know. Are, are you allowed
0: to like
5: not? So it's like if someone donates to your campaign, are you allowed to be like, no, I don't want this? I
2: think so. Yeah. 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 Hmm.
0: Yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah, I wonder. But in a, yeah. So in any case, Donald Trump gave 130,000 to his lawyer, who then paid off Stormy Daniels, and now they're going to take him to court seven years later, which is rather embarrassing. He's the first president ever taken to court for anything. And again, if he did something wrong, he should have to pay the price. But I don't know, bringing him to court's a good idea. It doesn't make America look good. And on the other side of that, what a lot of the other countries are pointing out now, and this is from what I've seen anyway from a lot of other countries, mostly in Western Europe, that um, Bill Clinton paid Mm -hmm. off uh, that Paula, what was her name? Paula something? Abdul? Abdul? No, it wasn't Paula <clears throat> Abdul. No. He paid off some woman he was having an affair with named Paula $850,000, but somehow that was okay. I thought there was only the one, uh,
5: Monica, whatever. Oh, did, he did he pay her, yeah. too? He paid her off, too. I thought oh. she was the only one that she, he was screwing no. around with.
1: I, I thought it was a Jennifer Flowers, and there was well, another. Right, there were several. <laughs> Paula Jones.
5: Jones. Paula Jones, ah. is that who it was? Apparently, she sued Bill Clinton for sexual harassment in
1: 1994. And what happened?
0: Uh, Nothing. I don't really know.
5: Nothing. It was happened.
0: dismissed for lacking legal merit. There you go, lacking legal merit. But now all of a sudden, you should go to prison uh, for one seventh the amount of money.
1: Well, see, this is what's just so confusing. It's just a regular person who wants to be left alone by the government.
0: Wouldn't it be nice to just, just be left alone? I just want to be left
1: alone. Thank you. Um, you know, this whole Trump thing with his these papers, these classified documents, which probably contain nuclear codes, and he had them in his possession, and they stormed the Mar-a-Lago, and he was going to prison forever, and he was the worst thing that ever happened in the whole history of the universe, and he was definitely going to be indicted for that, mm-hmm. and then nothing happened.
5: He's been two weeks away from going to prison for the last six years.
1: And then Joe Biden. (laughs) That's true. They found all kinds of classified documents in his garage Mm -hmm. and in his house and in his offices. And, oh, my God, oh, my God, it's the worst thing that ever happened in the history of the universe.
5: Uh, yeah, Hunter Biden laptop.
1: I know. Nothing nothing going anywhere. Nothing nothing ever happens to these elite politicians. Um, I don't know why we keep doing this political theater so that we can say, we're better than you, your guy's terrible. Well, it's just always interesting how all of a sudden Russia's meeting with China, we look like shit on the world stage, banks are collapsing, blah, blah, blah. All Mm. these bad things are happening in the United States, but we're supposed to, the um, news cycle is nothing... Except for all of the stuff with Donald Trump. Now, they have been trying to bury Donald Trump. And I am not a Trump fan. But as an outsider who doesn't like the government interfering in my life, looking in and watching all this crap happening, if he did something in the way that they continually lied about so many things to try to bury
0: him, if
1: they had anything on this, wouldn't they have already done it?
0: Well, it's a misdemeanor, and those last two years, and this has been seven years. And, again, I'm...
1: And I don't know how many, how many politicians have taken right. campaign money and misappropriated it. I mean, tons of them do it all the time, and they usually get a $1,500 fine and a please promise to never do it again. Ilan Omar gave her husband almost $2 million to manage her campaign. Uh, and I guess that was not appropriate. She got fined a little bit of money. Don't do it again. Mm-hmm. So either, either, we start, either we start putting them all in prison for mishandling campaign funds, or we just keep fining them $1,500 and say, please don't do it again. It's one or the other, this this time, it's worse is just it's either wrong
0: or it's not wrong. Right I agree with you on that one. And I got no dog in this fight. I'm not a Republican and I'm not a Democrat. I'm stuck in the center of this oh, and God, I just
1: all of this. Like His to live stealing. my life, that'd be good. Yeah They uh, just spent so much time <laughs> monk around with all this bullshit and they don't get anything done
0: it's good for the news although i guess it's not good for the news cycle because the the two big ones fox and and cnn i guess their ratings are way down is that still the case
1: well enough people still watch it that they're still you know coming up with all this crap all the time
0: let me know when charles is ready to go if you would andy all right
2: he's working on it right now oh he's
0: on the phone with him right now okay well, like I said, and again, I want to be very, very clear. We don't have a dog in this fight. We're just sick to death of what every time you watch the news, oh, it's horrible, it's horrendous, it's terrible. You know, give me the news. Don't lie to me about the news. And you're both, Fox and CNN, you're both lying about the news. I, that's not news. That's lying. So I, I, I'm getting really tired of it, to tell you the truth. And you can't just ignore it because it'll get worse if you ignore it because then they'll beg even more for listeners At its lowest price ever. These sheets are sixty percent off, coming in as low as thirty nine ninety nine with promo code Tom.
5: We have Charles on the phone.
0: I'm gonna give it a whirl, Charles. You ready?
6: <laughs> I'm ready.
0: <laughs> Charles <clears throat> Lataboldier.
6: Close? I, I honestly, I, Tom, I've been I've been doing a lot of interviews all morning. That you that's it. Top marks. You're,
0: you did, did it. 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 Now, Charles, I do have to admit one thing. I grew up Catholic, and a lot of French people are Catholic, mm-hmm. so I did learn a little bit here and there. You know uh, what I mean?
6: Oh, okay. No, so you had to cheat, <laughs> All right,
0: all right. He goes, oh, okay. So I kind of cheated, Charles. I've never seen the name of La baudiere what, what does it mean? What does it mean? Well,
6: this is what I always tell people. Uh, it means the beautiful people. Because if you break it down, the uh, la is the, and then the middle there's Bo, and that's handsome, and then the other letters I don't know what it means, so I've just, I've created the story that it means the beautiful people, <laughs> okay. and then they look at me and they go, so what happened? No. Oh. <laughs> oh, here we go.
0: Here we go. Charles oh, okay. with us, ladies and gentlemen. Now
1: I got to look up his picture.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, there you
6: go. <laughs> Disappointed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Charles, I already like you. you got to come back already, and you're, you've been on less than a minute.
6: All right. Nice excellent. <laughs> Hopefully don't screw it up. <laughs>
0: I think you'll be All-new all uh, special TMZ Investigates 9-11, the fifth plane. It premieres tonight on Fox, as a matter of fact. So uh, it, 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 it's on Fox. Really, I didn't know that you guys did stuff with Fox.
6: Yeah, we are We're actually owned by Fox Entertainment now. Um, that's, we, yeah, that's right. About a, about a year and a half ago, um, we moved over from Warner Brothers, and um, it's been tremendous, Tom. We've been doing—so we've gotten into the documentary business. We've done a bunch of these for the network, um, and honestly, up to this point, they've been mostly— Celebrity related. We did uh, Michael Jackson, Who Really Killed Michael Jackson. Right. Uh, we did a, a thing on. Um, uh, <laughs> why, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, exercise Guy. <laughs> exercise, <laughs> exercise Guy. Um,
5: Who's he? Richard Simmons?
6: Richard Simmons. I don't know. Oh, why I Andy. That. I yeah.
1: think we watched that.
6: So I everyone think we did, is we wondering did watch what it. happened to Richard Simmons. Well, we, you got have, the we answer. watched that. We watched that. Yeah, so a lot of these we've been doing and they're on, you know, if you missed them on the network, most of them are on Hulu or 2B now. But this one that we have coming up tonight is not celebrity related and it is um really obviously a very serious subject matter and um and a pretty gripping story that very few people have ever heard before because the crew of this This flight united flight 23 has never spoken about it publicly
0: really so what went on charles
6: well what went on is that they were scheduled to take off from jfk um that morning september 11 2001 headed to los angeles and um they never got off the ground because they as they were taxiing is when the first plane hit the tower. And then they got a ground stop, and JFK uh, air traffic control came on, told them, head back to the terminal. We are evacuating the entire airport. You are on your own. And the pilot, so in in the documentary tonight, what you'll see is we spoke to all of the flight attendants and the pilot. And the pilot told us, he said, I've never heard a call like that. (laughs) Before where they said, I mean, obviously, he's been told, like, come back to the terminal, but never, um, we're leaving and you're on your own. Yeah, they didn't know what was going on at that point. They honestly had not heard the only thing the pilot had heard at that point as they were about to start taxiing. They got word from United to beware of possible uh, attempts to get break into the cockpit um, because at that point, The airlines were aware that planes had been hijacked, and then it was a few moments later when the first plane hit. But they didn't know anything other than that. And it's, I mean, it's eerie now to hear him say it, because without knowing, again, he didn't have the knowledge of what was happening with the other planes that morning. But he turned to his co-pilot and he said, well, we got this warning. we got to be ready. And he grabbed the crash axe um, that they have in every cockpit. And he handed the fire extinguisher to his co-pilot and said, "If anybody comes in, we gotta, we got to take care of business." So that's all they knew is they were taxing for takeoff and still planning to you know, have a regular flight until they got that call. And when they went back, some really bizarre things started to happen um, that always didn't sit well with them and obviously they reported all this to the fbi the fbi was very curious about it and in fact interviewed all of the flight attendants brought them in for a lineup to to, you know look at people that the fbi considered people of interest um but they've never gotten any answers from the fbi i'll tell you one thing tom that really alarmed them the first thing before they knew anything about 9-11 and what was happening um, the flight attendants saw five people, there were only five people sitting in first class and they, just their behavior struck them as a little odd. Um, they thought something was off, but not, again, they weren't at that moment thinking terrorism. They just thought this is kind of weird. And they let the pilot know and the pilot said, oh, okay, you know, he didn't really know what to do with that. Um, and then they were taking off, but then when they got back when they got called back to the terminal, um, they're evacuating the plane as they were told to, and one of the passengers says to uh one of the flight attendants, "Do you know if they got the if they got the white house and Ooh. the flight attendant didn't know what that meant at the moment, didn't know like how, you know they they were aware that there were hijackings at that point, but they didn't mm-hmm. know. That, anything had, that any of the planes had crashed. So the flight attendants thought that was weird. They get off the plane. They lock down the plane, as they were instructed to do. So everyone's off. The plane is locked. And then they found out that there were reports there were people on the ground who saw two men, two uniformed men, running down the aisle of this plane 20 minutes after they had locked it, closed it up, No one should be on the plane. JFK is being evacuated, so why is anyone on the plane? That was really weird. And then they found out from the FBI that the hatch on the plane was open, was open and left open, the hatch from the – so the only way to get – this is in the belly of the plane. The only way to get up there is from the tarmac. You would have to pull yourself up into the – through the hatch – And then from there you can open another door and go actually into the cabin. But that's not a normal way to get on the plane. Even when the flight crews are coming on to to clean and all that, they get in through either steps or a jetway or, you know, an elevated um, platform. They don't come in through through the hatch, and the FBI was really suspicious about that. And that's why they brought in all the flight attendants to interview them about what had happened on this plane, what they'd seen. So uh, they're just look, you know, is this is was United 23 the fifth plane? I can't say for sure, but the crew absolutely believe this and they have been haunted by it from mm-hmm. since that day and and like I said, they've never spoken publicly about it before. So getting them to actually sit down and talk about this was uh, quite a coup. And it took us a good six months of um, of making phone calls and investigating to get this thing together.
0: Charles, do you remember how you, TMZ, first heard about this?
6: So, Tom, that is, um, you know the the saying, sometimes it's better to be uh, lucky than good? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's the case here. So one of the flight attendants, a woman named Barb, was a close friend of Harvey's when he was going going to college at uh, UC Santa Barbara. And a couple they had gotten together uh, for dinner a couple years after 9-11, and she told him much of this story. But at that point in his career, he wasn't really anywhere where he could do anything with it. Um, and she didn't want... She certainly wasn't looking to go public with it either. So up to, you know, like I said, about six months ago, we're now owned by Fox Entertainment. We're doing documentaries and Harvey remembers the story. He actually had dinner with Barb last year and he said, do you remember telling me this whole thing? And, and she said, do I remember? Because it's defined my life ever since then. Ooh, She's yeah. never flown again uh, with United or any other airline. And I think that's mm-hmm. true of the other flight attendants we spoke to also. They were just Ooh. really freaked out about this. And what's so that's how we found out about it. And so he first convinced Barb to sit down and do the interview. And then we got the other flight attendants, and we got the pilot. We also spoke to a United air traffic controller or dispatcher, and we spoke to uh, one of the 9-11 commissioners. So, uh, you know, a lot of people were alarmed to hear the this, this story because, like I said, the crew had never spoken about it. Obviously, the FBI knew Um, United was aware of it, but this is the first time they're telling the story. And, you know, everyone can watch, and you can decide whether you think it's the fifth plane, But and I'm not a conspiracy guy. Like, I I subscribe to the belief that usually it's whatever, it's the easiest uh, solution, whatever it looks like. Whatever is the most logical, that's probably what happened. And it's not... Something that we've never heard of before, and so I even when Harvey told me the story, I was, you know, I was kind of like, are they? Was it really? And once we did all the interviews, and you hear the whole story in totality, it's hard to it's hard to disagree with what the, the crew feels. I mean, I definitely think there was something. Planned. Something was going to happen on that plane. I don't know what, but um, based on everything else that happened on 9-11, it wasn't going to
0: be good. was so amazing, Charles. I look back on that day because I was on the, a morning show in Minnesota for 37 years. It was called mm-hmm. the KQ Morning Show. And that morning, <clears throat> I will never forget it because uh, we went to the video of uh, the Twin Tower had been hit by an airplane. And we, we looked at it. We're, we're on the air this whole time. As a matter of fact, our, our comments on this ended up in a movie. What's the name of that The, the documentary they did? United were, the, were, the, the 93?
6: The one about.
0: Uh, I, cannot, I can't remember what the name But but they did a. Vi- actually, there
6: have been so many of them, yeah.
0: Yeah, there have been so many of them. But, but I guess that audio is in the Smithsonian, which is a hell of an honor, I guess. Oh, because wow. apparently, we were the first ones to say this is not an accident. This is a terrorist attack. And then the second plane hit. So actually, before the second plane hit, on our morning show, we said, this is not an accident. This happened on purpose. First of all, they said it was a light plane that hit the tower. Well, if it was a light plane, why was the hole the size of your house? I mean, it was That's, huge. You know
6: what, Tom? That is the first thing I thought. And actually, when it happened, I wasn't, um, I wasn't in front of a TV. I was driving into work. And my girlfriend at the time called me and said and described what had happened. And I I probably had the same reaction you did. Now, even before seeing any of the video, Right. the first thing I thought about was a movie I had seen probably within the last year or two about the 1993 World Trade Center bombing. Right. And yeah. I remember at the end of that movie, and I don't know how much of this was dramatized or what really happened, but there were flying one of the uh, terrorists that they arrested for the 93 bombing in a helicopter, the FBI was flying him and they went by the towers and he leaned over and said something like we're going to get, we're not done we're going to get you, we're, we're still going to get those towers. And oh that's gosh. the first thing came to my mind and I said to my girlfriend, I go, I know they're saying it's like an accident but that seems really strange. And by the time I got to the office um, they obviously knew at that point that it was not a light plane and there's no commercial airliner that is accidentally flying into the World Trade Center.
0: What is very, very Rolling tough. Morning. Oh, there's no question. And it sticks with you, Charles. I know it sticks with me all the time because we were on the air when it happened. And then I found out later that a friend of mine's son was in the lobby of the building when it collapsed and killed him. And oh God. It just got very, very personal. Um, but how, Charles, I have to ask you a question, and we don't, I don't have the answer. You probably don't have the answer either, but speculation works for me in this case. That's how the hell it. did we not know this was going to happen? I, I still, how did, because they did a lot of yeah. training, all of these people did a lot of training in Florida, did they not?
6: Yeah. Well, you know, Tom, I mean, it's since come out that there were several, uh, several people that I've seen um, named in the FBI who, who did see, who did raise red flags, who did say, this seems weird, and and they were talking about the actual hijackers. So it's like it was pointed out, and then it went nowhere, and that's where, you know, that's what the 9-11 Commission came back with and said, this was a failure within the system. Things things did work the way they were supposed to. Things were pointed out. There were red flags raised, and then it just got lost in some, you know, bureaucratic yes and uh and this is and it you see what it cost us so it is so bizarre that and, and that's part of the reason why this story i think is important because look it is possible it is entirely possible that the five people who are on united 23 were completely innocent um yeah but what the crew has said is they've talked to the FBI. They were interviewed by the FBI, then the FBI pulled them in to sit and look at this lineup. So they had questions, the FBI had questions, and the crew feels the FBI definitely knows at this point whether those passengers on their plane were, you know, involved in anything untoward or if they were completely innocent. They, They have their names, they would have it from the flight manifest, obviously. So they could figure it out if they had any connection to any of the other uh, hijackers that day. And they've said nothing to the crew. They haven't said anything to the crew. United hasn't said anything to anything to the crew. And they just feel, why not give us the information? Um, why not tell us this is all fine? You know, we have, um, we in doing this documentary, we filed Freedom of Information Act with the FBI, trying to get um, some answers and... We got nothing back. They never responded to our, our FOIA, and we made many calls. And at one point, we were told, "All right, we, you know, someone." We did get someone on the phone. They said, "Yes, we're we are aware of your uh, your FOIA, and we're gonna we're gonna get back to you." And we've heard nothing. So that's what makes the crew so. That's um, why they've been haunted by this. So I wish that you know, if there's something that can come out of this documentary, is that. There is public pressure uh, put on the government to, un- you know, if I'm sure they would say it's classified. Well, you know, at some point, let's, uh, let's hope it gets unclassified. And for the sake of this crew, if nothing else, that they can have some peace of mind as to what happened that day. It's
0: interesting because I, uh, many, many years ago, this is probably, got at least 10 years ago, on that very same show, I interviewed a man who was one of the uh, trainers down in Florida that trained these people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he he did make a report to, I don't know if it was the local police. It was authorities, I know that. He made a report. He said, I'm kind of worried about something. They said, what's the matter? They said, well, there's a man. I don't know where he's from, but he has a foreign accent. I believe he's from the Middle East somewhere, but I don't know where. And I'm a little concerned because he said, "Well, now learn. Uh, you will learn. We'll teach you. The proper landing, and the guy said to him, "I don't need to learn how to land an airplane." Did you yeah. ever hear that story?
6: Yes, I do. I do remember hearing oh, that story about, and in oh fact, who gosh. knows? Maybe it was even your interview that I saw. Um, but I do yeah, remember yeah, yeah. hearing about the, the flight instructor saying that, and it, it is, you know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist. And that guy obviously <laughs> yeah. knew knew that that's an issue. Um, whatever this guy is going to do with a plane. It's going to be a problem. And, you know, thank God that he reported it. And, again, at some point, you do need the government to take over and do the policing. And the policing didn't happen when it came to the activities of uh, the proper policing didn't happen when it comes to the activities of these hijackers. And, you know, and the crew of uh, United Flight 23, you know, they've said— the thing that's always bothered them is that if these the the people are on their plane were up to no good, as far as they know, they escaped, and so they're out there, and yeah. they've always worried that you know what if the what if they reorganize and they make another attempt. Now, obviously, things are much different um, as far as air travel in our country now, uh, as a result of nine eleven. So, it certainly, would not be as easy, but. They always just worried, you know, they found a way last time. Will they find a way again? And that's one of the things that they've just been haunted by.
0: You know, I find it rather interesting because I, I did later on, I think it was because, I, again, there's that documentary, and mine's the first voice on the documentary talking about the fact that this is not an accident. And I had to be interviewed by by the authorities, let me put it that way. I mm-hmm. can't really say who it was that interviewed me. Gotcha. But they asked me, how did you know that there wasn't an accident? And I said, because they said a light plane hit the building and they put a hole in it the size of uh, Yankee Stadium, for God's sake. (laughs) He said, so you just assumed. I said, yes, it was an assumption. I don't know. I'm not an expert at this. But I just don't think that that could possibly have been an accident. And so it wasn't a very long interview, but they definitely want to know. From me, at least, how did you know this wasn't an accident? Well, it was just speculation. I didn't know,
6: sure. But I, I, I mean, just went through. You your eyes, you know, you, you things don't pass the eye test, is what we always say. And um, yeah, yeah, light plane into, and you know, I remember when they first reported. Like I told you, my girlfriend called me and she said that, uh, oh, they're saying a, you know a light plane hit the towers. One mm-hmm. of the things I did think was. Um, that there have been incidents in new york city where small aircraft have hit buildings not not the world Mm -hmm. trade center but have hit buildings um whether you know just a pilot who was trying to be a you know just a yahoo out there or something but so i I, when she said it it struck me as it's plausible but then i thought wait no the, the the Twin Towers, that's not, that's not. And then because it was the Twin Towers, it immediately made me think of that movie. And I don't know. I, I just, um, everything that we heard from this crew, uh, the things that we've heard since uh, about the activities of the other hijackers, You just it just makes me nervous about what is happening around us that we just don't know. Or what is happening on us that somebody is reporting, but then it's still getting lost in bureaucratic red tape. It, just, it makes me concerned.
0: Charles, do you think because of this that th- things have gotten better, or have they not changed at all?
6: I think it's hard to say that they haven't gotten better. I mean, right, anyone, right. anyone. Well, first, we haven't had another incident. And knock on wood, God, I, willing, we never will. Um, but we all experience it every day when we when we fly, or you know, even not even flying, just in every aspect of your life. Now you're reminded. I, I think about it at least once a day. Something happens that I go, yeah, that wasn't like that, uh, you know, before nine eleven. Right. And <laughs> right. Um, it's hard to remember really now what it was like traveling before nine eleven. But um, you know, I w- I w- hope that all the things that have changed that really, that makes it, certainly makes it harder for any terrorist to think that they could pull off something like that again. Um, But I hope that the policing has gotten better at the lower level. You know what I mean? So if someone is raising a red flag, that it doesn't just get put in a drawer somewhere and, uh, and someone's like, oh, we'll get to that. And then, you know, what happens. So, I hope that part has gotten better. I, I you know, I can't, I can't say for sure. I don't know, but I, I will say that I, I am happy with the changes that have happened as far as the public, and our access, and anyone's access at our airports. So, yeah, let's, let's uh, all hope it stays that way.
0: That would be nice, Charles. I know you only got about two minutes left, but I, I, I just. Yeah. This is a fascinating. By the way, you need to come back more often, Charles. I I also do a morning show that I'd like to book you on too. It's from absolutely uh, seven to ten Central time. So. To you, huh? Nice meeting no, you. No, I mean you do a really yeah. really nice, really nice interview. You you're very knowledgeable about this whole thing. Is there something you? The one thing that I took away from Charles, and I want to close with you, uh, saying the same thing. The one thing that struck me about this was, and it stuck with me ever since. So there are a couple of thousand people in those buildings, correct? Something like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you knew you were going to kill all of them. But for every person you killed, how many more people's lives did you ruin? Their husband, their wife, their sons, their daughters, their grandchildren, their friends. I mean, how can you do something so heinous that you're going to kill 2000 people right out of the box or how many people actually did die? I don't remember the number. I used to know this number, no, but I don't
6: remember. It's it's uh, it's right it's Plus or minus 3,000, something like that, yeah.
0: yeah, it's about 3,000. So you ruined 3,000 f- lives, 3,000 families, and who knows how many mm-hmm. people. I mean, this was tens and tens and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people when you count all four of the airplanes. Uh, how can you get in your mind that that's okay? No matter what you're talking about politically or culturally, how can you talk yourself into destroying hundreds of thousands of people's lives? I, I don't understand
6: that, Charles. It is. I'll take it a little bit further, Tom. I, yes, it, it definitely uh, directly affected and impacted tens of thousands of lives. But I would say it has affected every single American's life. I mean, and that's I, we all think we all have fears now—very real fears um, when we're traveling and when we're in um, in crowded. Places. Um, these are things that we think about now that we probably didn't think about before, and I agree with you. I don't how what level of anger and rage you can have about something that's happening to you politically, uh, you know, geographically, whatever you think your your beef is, but that it's worth. Impacting that many people, and you know, obviously one taking the lives, but then creating fear for so many other people. You know, I guess the experts would say to you that's the whole point of terrorism. That's what terrorists want to do, yeah. and in that sense, they succeeded. Um, but in a lot of other ways, they failed because if they thought it was going to, you know, bring an end to our democracy and and make us all uh, you know, make this country, uh, you know, go away. That's not going to happen. And I think they learned that and they, in that sense, they failed. Um, but like you said, there are very real changes and to our lives and impact on millions and millions and millions of lives that that's never going to change. Um, and that's, in that sense, they did succeed. And it's, um, it's really sad. And, um, And you and you get some of that, by the way, from the crew of uh, United 23 documentary tonight because they they think about they think about it on a obviously just a national scale and what it did to the country and to the people who lost their lives that day. Um, But like I said, these flight attendants they've never flown another day. They just couldn't put themselves back on a plane without knowing what happened, and they never got answers, and so they they did not. Did not fly
0: again. What an amazing story. Charles, thank you so much for your time today. You do a great interview, sir. And please, anytime you got something to say, please do give us a call.
6: Love talking uh, to you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you up on that, Tom. It's been great talking to you. I appreciate it. Thank
4: you, Charles. Have a good day, sir. Well, it's another year. What's new for 2023 at Walzer? Well, we're going back in time in a way. You bought a DeLorean franchise. Not exactly. Mm. The market's returning to normal. New inventories are getting back to pre-pandemic levels, and used car prices are returning to normal.
1: So what's a 1995 Camry worth?
4: Deep sympathy. Mm. Mike, have you considered something newer?
1: Well, I would if it came with a 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty. Hey, was that convincing? As if I knew what a powertrain was?
4: No. It's sure. major medical coverage for your car, and it's free with every new car and most used cars at Walzer. I hope you're also keeping your return and exchange program. Of course, people really like that because it means you can't make a mistake. Interestingly, though, we sold 45,000 cars last year and we took back less than 100.
0: Amazing upfront pricing, a 350,000 mile warranty, a return and exchange policy. It's no wonder you sold 45,000 cars last year. To learn more, go to walzer.com.
5: Can I add something? No.
0: Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest?
3: Uh, We're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries.
0: And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Yeah, yeah,
3: maybe. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Charles Huh? Hey, what do you think of that? I know wow, you're so French. Wee oui, oui, as they say. <laughs> that guy did a hell of an interview. He was very knowledgeable.
1: Yeah, was nice.
0: do you whoever guys think- uh, wrote his
5: copy needs a little help, though. Why? You didn't see the uh second sentence there on the calendar? Charles help launch TMZ Live is co-host oh. of the show put the box cutters on the wrong plane.
0: I did see that. That's right. Mm, wow, it's
1: okay. almost like somebody <laughs> Google translated it. Yeah. Wow, that's that's terrible. Terrible.
5: I read that and I was
0: like, what in the hell does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I know. I did see that. You're right. Yes. <laughs> I think it's pretty hilarious. But um I mean, looking back now, you guys, how old were you, Andy? This is, what, 2001, right? Uh, so yeah, I would have been old? just
5: about to turn 15. About to turn 15. Yeah, I remember I was in English 12? class at ISM.
2: Yeah, I was in some class. I don't remember which class.
5: Well, yeah, you would have been turning 12, so you were pretty young. I was in young. seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Well, or that turning 13. <clears throat> you
0: would have just turned 12 yeah. that year. That so year, yeah, you were yeah. like 12 and a half. It's all true but I do remember when that happened and it was a you know we, we found out that the uh, pit that where Pennsylvania happened where they were on their way to cuz they, they actually did hit the Pentagon right I if think I so correctly. yeah yes. yeah they did Where was the one that the, the people from Minnesota died remember they said let's roll and went and forced the plane and killed everyone including themselves yeah. or they forced it down I into a farm field in pen- Pennsylvania
1: Wasn't that the Pentagon I don't
0: know. They, were they going at the Pentagon, or were they going at... They that might was have been United
5: Airlines the, Flight 93.
0: Was it going after the capital of the United States, you think, maybe?
5: They planned to crash it into, yes, the federal, a federal government building. There oh, no, it know. says, yeah, the U.S. Capitol. But US they capital. failed because yep. the passengers fought back, That's and right instead too. they crashed the plane somewhere in <clears> Pennsylvania.
0: <throat> yep. That, uh, the man who started that whole revolution to get them that plane out of the air... Was from Minnesota. You knew that though, didn't you? Right. Yeah. He's the one that stood up and said, "Let's roll," and uh, they went after him and got it taken care of. But uh, yeah, it crashed in a, in a field in Pennsylvania, correct? Yep. Yeah. If I remember correctly, yeah. I, so you guys it must have very deep memories about that. You were old enough, twelve and twelve and fourteen years old, or almost almost ready yeah, to turn. It was a
1: nationwide morning for you. I remember you know, a sitting time. in a
2: TV room and there were there was like some concert with there were candles all over the place on TV that we were right. watching. You know, everybody was doing like acoustic songs and everybody was lighting candles there were candles all over and I was just like
1: I don't understand why this is happening. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Nobody still understands why these things happen.
0: (laughs) No. Well, you can't. Like I said, they destroyed the lives of probably millions of people doing this. It wasn't just the 3,000 that were in the towers. It was everybody uh, connected with them and the trauma they caused on national television. and uh, all the first
1: responders that had health problems Mm -hmm. still to this day. Yeah, it just went on and on. Well, that's what they intend to do is massive harm. So they got that
0: accomplished. Yep, they got that accomplished, which is. But do you understand? Can you guys. I don't even understand going after somebody when you're going to harm their. just their family, right?
1: I don't understand any of this. I don't understand these people that, you know, are. Not, the new. It's not new. I guess it's old jugging.
5: What's jugging?
1: I don't know. They're, it's, it's in the Tom's News
5: Stories thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I All said right, that let
1: me... Yeah. Uh, apparently, there's this new thing where they, um, where people decide that they're going to go and jam up a um, ATM machine. They mm-hmm. they like it like worth a like a bank of ATMs, two or three machines. And then when the person goes in and is like, "What's going on with this thing?" They offer help and tell them to tap it. Use your card to tap. And when you tap the card on an ATM, I have never used one. No, so I, I don't either. know because uh, I hardly ever use ATM machines. Yeah, and, it's like two um, times a year for me. Yeah, I, ne- I just never do it. So anyway, um, then they offer he- they offer help um, to tell them to tap it, and then when you tap Who's the machine, you have the audio?
0: to. I know, I know, and I'm trying to figure out. That. Dad's, Dad's got a
1: machi- an ad go. playing. Um, oh, yeah. When you tap the machine, you ha- have to sign out or log out or something. Um, so there's another step to it when you tap it. Mm-hmm. So then they they go in and they max out your uh, cash for the day, or they're following. Uh, one guy was fo- followed a woman home from the bank, for 24 miles before he yeah yep. before he That's he robbed guy. her. There's like yeah, there's like three or four different ways of jugging. Apparently this is the new thievery.
5: See, maybe I'm just yep. the world's greatest genius, but. <laughs> I feel like one transaction per tap is kind of like a no-brainer.
1: Well, because it would prevents think that that things would... like this. Absolutely, You would think why, that the fraud department would be like, no, you can't even have this on your machine. Yeah,
5: why would they have <laughs> it so it just stays up until you have, you, you have to take an action to log out? If you don't take that action, then the next person to go to the ATM has access to your account. That's just, That's I just insanely
0: horrible design. People can't
1: just go get a job instead of running around beating up people and robbing them. I just,
0: Paralyzing them. They I don't paralyze that, that woman you're talking about. I'm having a hard
1: about. time understanding that.
0: Yeah, that woman you're talking about—the guy who followed her 24 miles, attacked her, and she's paralyzed now.
1: Yeah, but this this story jugging—I um, guess there's four or five different ways. I don't know why they call it jugging. None of it makes any sense. Yeah, it to didn't me. explain
5: no. that part. No,
1: it doesn't explain why it's called that. But I guess that's the that's the word on the street. Is you know, you go and jug today, or <laughs> I'm going jugging. I don't know. But yeah, there's all kinds of different ways of doing. It. But the, the ATM <clears> one is. Oh, and then they also like to, apparently, these, these, I don't know, it's like a crime circuit. They follow people around malls, and if they're wearing a nice watch or nice jewelry or something like that, and they follow them around, and then they, they either get them at their car or they follow them home, take their stuff. They want your handbag because they want that cell phone. They want that wallet. Um, gas stations. I guess our prime yeah. mm-hmm. prime place now to for yep. people to get uh, injured and robbed and carjacked and all of this stuff. So they're just saying, especially as women, that you should have your head on a swivel at all times and oh, God, watch yes. everything. And yep. when you leave your car to get gasoline, lock it. Take your key out and actually lock it. Yeah. Because if your back is turned for a minute, you're distracted. They're looking for people that are on their cell phones juggling a bunch of bags, uh, attending a child who's crying or needing something, and you're just not paying any attention, and that's when they do all this stuff. So They
0: said the number one cause of this is people on their phones while they're at the ATM. Yeah, they're They're just
1: just not paying paying attention. attention. I guess you're just asking for trouble if you're not paying attention these days.
5: Apparently Pat Eberts is listening to the show because he said Tom Burnett Jr. was who you're thinking of. Born in Bloomington. That's, well, that's exactly right, right. Tom Burnett Jr. That's right. He's the one who said, let's roll. Actually, that that's a <clears> misconception. <throat> oh, is it really? He said, roll it, which was oh, referring to oh. the food cart that they used to, as a battering ram.
0: Oh, Another passenger okay.
5: did say, let's roll, though. Mm. So two different people oh. said, roll. And oh, it, people okay. got confused.
2: There's yeah, Some rolling going on.
5: Yeah, the let's there roll guy, uh, let's see. Nine 11 let's roll, was Todd Beamer.
0: Oh, yeah, Todd Beamer. So they, they had
5: said the same yep. uh, uh, initials, too,
0: TB. Oh, look at that. See, yeah. I, that, could have been, I could have been on that flight, TB, That's man. Adding yeah, yeah. more to the confusion, but yep. There you go. And I wouldn't have said let's roll. I would have said let's giddy up. Giddy up. Let's mosey. What do you think? I don't
1: think you'd say that.
0: What do you think? That. No, I wouldn't say that. I
1: would not say giddy up.
0: Everyday routine activities like going to the ATM or getting gas can become crime scenes of low-level offenses. That's not low-level anymore. He paralyzed the woman. Yeah. That create major headaches and financial loss. Someone watches a bank or a mall customer with their head in their phone. They, these people are always on their phone. You cannot be on your phone while you're doing these things. It's a really bad idea. I just don't understand
5: why people. Like, when I'm looking at my phone doing something, I'm still paying attention to the world around me. Yeah, I'm yes. not
2: just, like, completely immersed 100% in A my phone. A lot of people
5: do, though. As soon as they look at their phone, the rest of the world melts away. It's weird. I don't get it.
2: Some people can't multitask.
0: No, they cannot. I don't understand the jugging one. The tap and glue is because they actually glue the ATM so it doesn't work. It's glued shut. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they cram something in it so you yeah. can't get your credit card in.
0: Yep, a phony Good Samaritan says you dropped a wallet at the gas pump or a cheerful chatty chap can't stop complimenting your outfit. These are all part of street-level crime friends, designed to prey on distracted victims to grab a purse, wallet, or phone and take off. All they need is a few seconds in most instances. You can't trust it. You know what's amazing about this? I won't even say who it was or where it was, but it was in a local publication in Minnesota. Talking about how much better downtown Minneapolis is now than it used to be. Mm. <laughs> well, I
2: was just downtown Minneapolis for dinner on Saturday night, and we had to walk through two men screaming at each other, and then the police showed up. Oh,
5: great. No, there
0: you go. Oh. Why did we let that happen? I will never understand. Weak well.
1: leadership, dear.
0: It is very weak okay. leadership. Weak
1: leadership in, in oh gosh, Minnesota I for I a very long time.
0: And I love it because now both political parties are fighting. You're the one who wanted to shut down the police department, not us. I know. Like, why don't they just mm, stop
1: blaming chill. and do something?
0: Yeah, once you get off yeah. your ass and do your job. I mean,
1: because that's, that's all they do. They just sit there and point the finger at each other and get nothing done. It's just so ridiculous. It's because like, if grow they admit up fault, and do your job. they
5: might stop getting cash donations.
1: Well, how about if somebody just says, you know, I don't give a crap whose fault it is. Let's just fix it. No, I agree. I think that that candidate would... But the problem is, I don't think they have any idea how to do anything anymore. Mm,
0: I don't think we have the
1: brightest and the best in office. No,
0: we don't. Did you hear about that black woman that got fired? I can't remember. She was on one of these committees for... Oh, God, I don't even know. Apparently, she was in charge of committee to help people. What do they call the three things again? It's... Oh, Christ, I can't remember. Diversity,
5: inclusion, and equity
0: yes diversity
5: inclusion and equity oh you saw that story andy no it's that acronyms William's everywhere yeah. yeah yeah they say uh,
0: dei but D-E-I, it's yeah. too obvious to pronounce it d-i-e and they forced a woman out because they want her. you to do mm. yeah they forced this woman out they fired her uh, for white supremacy because she's trying to be all inclusive and include all people uh skin colors all orientations all everything she's tried to include everybody to help everybody out and they said you're you can't work here anymore because that's white supremacy, and the woman's black. So uh-huh. I don't understand how that's white supremacy. She's okay. trying to help somebody first of all. So don't you think that's a good idea?
1: I think that would be a good thing. I think but it's wonderful. What do we know anymore?
0: <laughs> what do we know? I mean, isn't that pretty terrible that you're trying to help people and you get fired for it? Yeah. I mean, if you don't buy into this message they got out there now, they're going to go after you in a big way. Isn't that sad?
1: Well, that's kind of been how it always goes. I mean, you look at all the Marxist countries, I don't know how many leaders have been assassinated because the next Marxist didn't like the old Marxist. Yep. <laughs> at least at least well, ten of them, go. if you look it up.
0: Isn't that amazing? Yeah. You're the wrong kind of Marxist, even. Yeah. You can't even be a good Marxist. You're a bad <laughs> Marxist.
1: You're not the right kind of Marxist. Well,
0: no. I, I want to ask this of, of Andy and Alex because of your age group. Why do you think it is that people are behaving the way they behave now? I just don't understand it.
2: I wish I had an answer. I don't don't know. I I don't put as much attention into these things as you do. I just kind of am like, whatever, go about your lives. Well, we have
0: to fix it. No, That's you can't problem. do.
2: You can't do anything. The only thing that you can do is be responsible for your life and your actions and the people that you surround yourself with. And sitting here complaining about everybody else and how they're doing mm-hmm. their things isn't helpful in any way. And you can't do anything about it. So, what? If you do want to fix it, what are you going to do to fix it, you personally?
0: Well, we, we need to go, and I think. I have a big enough voice in the state of Minnesota to go to the people in charge and go, you need to straighten this away.
2: Well, then go do that.
0: I have been for a long time, but they don't give a rat's ass unless there's money in, in it for them.
2: So there you go. Well, then You, apparently can't, you do can't do anything.
0: anything. Yeah, but should we just sit here and let them do that?
2: Yeah, because it doesn't matter to you personally in a lot of ways.
0: Well, oh, there yes, is
2: something
1: does. to pointing out the demoralizing of society is yes. bad. And people, It a lot is of times they don't realize it's happening because they're not paying attention. It
2: is, but here's the thing. If you try everything you can do to try to prevent it and get rid of it and fix it and nothing works, mm-hmm. what can you do?
0: You can't accept it. You can't just sit there and let them keep doing it.
2: But here's the thing. If you can't accept it, but you've tried everything you can do to fix it, then you're just going to sit here upset with nothing to do about it so what else can you do
5: yeah you're just struggling against the riptide until you pass out from exhaustion yeah it doesn't but do anything just giving up I but mean, what else what can you do yeah it's well, like if there's a meteor on the way to earth it's like yeah you could throw rocks
0: at it but that's not going to do anything well, you, you just you have to example? accept that here it comes the revolutionary war would have never happened if it followed the two of you they were told over and over, you have no chance of defeating the British. You, got, you may as well let it go because you've got no chance of defeating the British. And I'm sorry, but America kicked their ass for them.
5: Yeah, but the Revolutionary War didn't happen because some guy picked up a rifle and charged the British. Yeah. There has mm-hmm. to be, like, major leadership on a countrywide level.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that's what I fight for is better leadership. Our leadership right now is horrendous.
2: Well, yeah, and, and it's— do You better
1: voting. Well,
2: that's yes. the thing. You can vote. And you can do as much as you can, but at the same time, you can think, I'm doing everything that I can to help push the world in the way that I would like to see it. But then at the end of the day, you really do have to be like, well, it is what it is, Mm -hmm. is what we're saying. We're not saying just like sit there and be like, oh, well, who cares?
0: You can fight battles, but you can't start them. Well, let me put it this way. Your mother and I have turned down so many awards. Every month they wanna offer us an award for doing a great job raising children. There you
1: go. <laughs> but
0: you know, we've turned it down because we don't want to get enough. all arrogant about it.
1: Uh, Alex would be the first one. Don't give her an award. <laughs> I've got stories. I've got stories.
0: <laughs> I know, it's just frustrating. This you gotta believe what I believe, or I hate you. You gotta do this, you gotta do that, you gotta I don't well, have to do a damn thing. Just leave me alone. They hate me. What do I care? Mm-hmm. Other people's opinions
2: of you are none of your business.
0: All of human history, it's always been that way. Yep. Yeah,
1: pretty much.
5: You're just
0: people. I don't know.
2: No matter what you do, people are not going to like you. So you just don't lose sleep over
0: it. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not losing sleep over it. I mm-hmm. just don't understand. You talk understand. about it a lot. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> it's because it's my job to talk about it a lot. It's talk- sorry.
2: Your job is to talk about how people are upsetting you.
0: No, about how you re- we all read the news and get upset by the fact that all of this crime is going on now, and there was no reason to ever allow it to get that far. It was just cowardice uh, not backing the police departments around this country. That's all it was. That's all I'm saying. Well,
2: and there's, it's a, we're in the middle of a very interesting pendulum situation, you know? Yeah, it's, we are. Sometimes yep. you have to give a group of people all of the power and be like, here, yep, you do it. See how that works. And mm-hmm. then they'll be like, "Oh, shoot, that wasn't good." And then
0: <laughs> is that what they're gonna say? Oh, much, shoot, yeah. That wasn't good. Yeah.
2: I mean, that is that has to be that has to happen sometimes. Because if you have somebody screaming in your face constantly about how they know how to do it best, the best way to make them shut up is be like, "Enjoy."
1: Yep. they will give them enough rope. Yeah. Exactly.
5: Give them rope. That's what's you happening right now. You mean like right we did now. with the banks? You mean like we did with the banks? Gave them enough rope? Yeah. Uh, there's no. There's never any
0: consequences for the banks though the no, federal government's exactly. going to bail them out every time yeah. but that's what i'm saying why do we allow this why why are they spending our money to help a bunch of hedge fund assholes who know nothing about running a bank <laughs> i mean that's what happened
1: yeah well
0: somebody's got to complain i'm just telling you <laughs> everybody else is too big a candy well,
1: unfortunately ass. there's just a lot to complain about these days
0: and we are back with stretches picks Well, now here's a good story you'll all love because what was the name of that dope sick? Was that the name of the Theranos story? Mm. No. No. Dropout. Oh, that wasn't. Dropout, I think. Dropout. Yeah. dropout. Okay, the dropout. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Holmes. Remember Elizabeth Holmes? Mm-hmm. She was the lead sure character. Do. Real person, actually. Elizabeth Holmes owes Theranos big bucks breach of contract lawsuit filed against Ex-CEO says she owes them 25 million million in promissory notes. I don't
1: think she has any money left.
0: Yeah, I, was I don't say. think she. <laughs> <said> she <laughs> so any good luck
1: collecting that.
0: You're not going to get yeah. them, so.
1: Yeah, uh, what that's are they going to Yeah, I think she's been pretty much wiped out.
0: As Elizabeth Holmes continues to try to delay the beginning of her 11-year prison sentence, new trouble has popped up, this one financial. The Guardian reports that a breach of contract lawsuit against the former Theranos CEO filed in December emerged Friday during Holmes' latest court appearance in California. Claiming she owes the company more than $25 million and hasn't paid any of it back yet, per CNBC, the complaint filed by Theranos ABC, a company set up to represent Theranos' creditors. In the Superior Court of California in Santa Clara County, alleges that Holmes executed three promissory notes while she was in charge of blood testing. Uh, the blood testing firm, one in August 2011 for nine million dollars, one in December that same year for 7.5 million dollars, and one in December 2013 for another nine million dollars.
1: Well, I'm guessing that if she gets out and starts another fraudulent company and makes a billion dollars, <laughs> she'll have to pay it back.
0: Yeah, if she ever, they ever had, she hasn't had any money. A lot of
1: people a, that do that seem to get out and do it again. So.
0: Yep. They do, so there's maybe, no
1: question. Maybe that's just a way of preventing her from...
0: Well, the best they can do is garnish wages, really. Yeah, that's about it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. One thing that I really like to do, and I haven't seen them yet, is I like to look at the comments section of, of stories like this to see what the people think. Yeah. Because they're not very rational.
1: Yeah, yeah sometimes it's good entertainment.
0: Uh, let's see, what do we got? Uh, lock her up, lock her up. Well, that's a good one.
1: Well, 11 years.
0: Pardonnez moi but haven't many articles referred to Holmes as attractive? Where? She and Ann Coulter both look like men in wigs to me. <laughs> that was from Lefty Libby. Oh. <laughs> that was her name is Lefty Libby. Uh, it's hilarious that Holmes has dropped her fake deep masculine voice in favor oh, of a higher yeah. pitched little girl voice. That was one of the weirdest
1: things. It was. That wasn't she, it? She, she changed yeah, that her she, voice. It's like she had to get into <laughs> character. It was so weird. But yeah, it's
0: just very basic manipulation. Yeah, and it worked. So she, yeah, she used her voice to manipulate people, correct? By trying to sound younger, isn't wasn't that what it was all about? It's,
1: uh, she was trying to sound like a Steve Jobs, I think.
0: Oh really? Yeah, she was really Well, she to had
5: her him. like commanding voice once she had you under her spell, but right, then to right. get you there, she had her baby voice, which is meant to disarm. Mm-hmm.
4: I hate that baby so- voice, me too, now. but
5: a lot of people fall for it. Uh,
0: Do they really? Yep. Cuz it's a baby voice. Uh just, yeah. Apparently. It's really creepy. I find that to be quite creepy actually, if you know what I'm saying. I don't know. It's just the whole world is uh, it's it's interesting. It's your oyster. Is the whole world my oyster? <laughs> is it really? Are you absolutely sure? Oh, by the way, today is, a, now, you know, since uh, you guys kind of leaned that this was too negative, I'd like to point out that all I ever do is good things for people because today's the first day of spring, and you can get a free qu- uh, cone from Dairy Queen. Did you know that?
1: Hey,
5: no. Oh, because they're opening back up?
1: Oh,
0: are they? A lot of them are closed for close? winter.
1: Yeah, they, oh, a I lot suppose. of them yeah, are seasonal. True. Some of them are year-round. Some of them are seasonal.
0: Happy first day of spring, everyone. Temps are set to rise for most of the U.S. this week, so it should start to feel more like spring. Well, it's going to be in the 30s and 40s all this week, isn't it? Uh, yeah, as far as I know. <clears throat> yeah, I think so. Um, a recent poll found spring is our favorite season, but it's close. 30% said spring, 29 said fall, 28 That's not right. 28 the lowest number. They don't like summer? I don't like summer. You don't really? It's way too hot. Oh, well, God, summer. here we go. I'd say summer's probably my least favorite
1: Yeah. Yeah, Andy, if he has to break a sweat at all, he gets very angry with the world. Yep. He hates sweating.
0: Well, just 10% like winter the best, actually. I don't like winter well, the best, but I don't like it the worst either. You don't? Where you live has a lot to do with it, though. People up north are less likely to say spring is their favorite. The states that like it the most are yeah. South Carolina, Arizona, Arkansas, Louisiana, and Oklahoma.
1: Places that actually have a spring.
0: But yes, that's right. Places. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's to do the thing. It. Minnesota, Minnesota has like
5: maybe a month of spring. Uh,
1: do we?
0: <laughs> June twentieth to July twentieth. Yeah, yeah really
1: basically. Not a, yeah, there's there's the snow. The snow melted. All the leaves are out.
0: <laughs> no, this is important. You got to pay attention to this part. Here's something for everyone, though. The very first day of spring means it's free Cone Day at Dairy Queen. You can walk in and get a free small vanilla soft serve uh, today. No purchase necessary. Ben & Jerry's also is doing a free Cone Day for the first time in four years. But you'll have to wait a couple more weeks for that one because it's not until April. Why? There was a reason it's on April 3rd, too.
1: Maybe that's the solstice? I don't know.
0: April, no, solstice is today.
1: Oh, it is today. Uh, yep. Uh...
0: I don't what? Know. I, there's a reason it's April 3rd, and I can't remember what it is. Anybody, do you guys know Ben and Jerry's on April 3rd, what that means? Uh, well, Alex opened. is gone.
1: Maybe that's the day they open for business or but
0: something. Let's see. I can tell Alex is gone because she stopped yelling at me, so I knew she was gone. Maybe Mike Bryant knows.
7: I Michael do not Bryant, know what April 3rd
0: means. Hey, ben and Jerry's, it's not until April 3rd, but I wonder why. What's April 3rd?
1: Well, I'm guessing a quick Google
7: search. I'm
5: trying to find something, but no, I'm not seeing anything.
7: So there they, you go. Is that the day they do the double where they give away a free cone or something? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah.
0: But we don't know why. It's April because it's the first day of spring at Dairy Queen, which is today, and then oh, two- because
1: it's free cone day.
0: But that doesn't. So, but they invent. Doesn't
5: explain that. anything.
7: Ben and Jerry's down on Lake Street near Lake Benny Sky or whatever it's called. People used to uh, um, line up all the way up the street. You'd see them over the bridge lining up free cones. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like, I'd go go buy a cone. (laughs) The
1: promotion dates back to 1979 when founders Ben Cohn and Jerry Greenfield gave away free ice cream cones at their first scoop shop location in Burlington, Vermont.
0: But there's a a reason it's April 3rd. I know that.
1: Because that's the first day they did it.
0: Yeah. I know.
5: I think they must have just like, yeah, they decided to do it April 3rd a million years ago, and now it's,
0: it's yeah, on April 3rd. It's the day. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll accept your explanation.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: You know what I'm saying. So, Michael, what are you up to?
7: I'm driving back from Iowa. We dropped Allie's oldest off at school yesterday, and we're heading back.
0: Time to head back today. Because yep. we thought you were da- we we thought you are down there just shoulder to the wheel trying to help people out, but what a what a miss uh, swinging a miss that
7: was. <laughs> you know. No, I was doing the driving thing. So.
0: Doing the driving thing. So do you got a uh,
7: great tour of the school. It was wonderful.
0: Uh oh, Bilski's calling me. What did I Uh-oh. do with my phone? Because I bet you he knows why it's April third. Why okay, would he oh, know? Because he's Bilski.
7: Bilski. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Dying.
0: Ouch, Michael. <laughs> Hello. Oh, what the hell. That's well, not gonna work. I think he hung up on yeah, me. can you
7: get two people on at the same time
5: again? I mean, I can if he calls in here, but oh, not okay. on Dad's phone.
0: Well, I know, but okay. I could put him up on my microphone. Put the phone next to the microphone if he was gonna do that. But I don't know. Bilski knows. Bilski. That's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So, Michael, what's the plan for this week? What are you up to?
7: Just working away. Got a number of court appearances. Got to help with the trial that's coming up. Got a couple of my own trials coming up. And just getting getting back into it full time.
0: So you got your own trials coming up. What did you do?
7: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there (laughs) you go. And am looking forward to coming back to Minnesota.
0: Yeah, just a couple of weeks now. It's only gonna be just right down the line, ladies and gentlemen. I don't uh, think I've
5: ever been well, to Iowa. You've never, never been to Iowa. Is it basically just the same thing as Minnesota?
0: Yeah, kind of.
7: No, no. It's it's it. No, it's a little warmer. They got they got some different things down there. You know, you got better basketball teams in Iowa. They yeah, do? they had three teams. They had three teams in the tournament. They had Drake, Iowa, and Iowa State in the tournament.
0: Huh. Okay, now I have to ask you a question, Michael Bryant. Are you yeah. shocked 115 took out of one and 116 took out of one, correct?
7: No. It, it, with, the, with seniors all leaving now, teams, you know, it, it, there's teams that are better because they've got more seniors and they're older, and you got really good teams that have younger players that just don't show up sometimes. So you, you got all sorts of crazy stuff happening in tournaments now that you never used to have in the same way.
0: So I mean but a 16 did beat a 1 and a 15 beat a 1 too. That's pretty yeah. impressive.
7: Yeah. Well, no, a 15 beat a 2. 15 placed 2.
0: Oh, 15 beat a 2. Okay. All right. Good. Right. Yeah, I know yeah. it was somewhere in there. I haven't seen any of the tournament yet. Uh, I kind of watched the final four and that's about it. You know. Okay. I um, do like college basketball a lot better. Right? Are... That...
7: There's been some good games.
0: Oh, no, I can see that. I like college basketball a lot more than the NBA. I, I was a big Celtics fan when McHale was there and Bird and, you know, Robert Parrish and all those guys. But I'm much more of a, a, a college basketball fan than, than professional. What do you think?
7: Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's times the college gets really good. And, you know, that, that run the Gophers had was one of the best times ever I've had in sports, other than the Red Sox, of course, and the Patriots, I guess.
4: But, um, <laughs> oh God! <laughs> there we go. But that was a great, that was a great run with
7: the Gophers, and all. I they can't clean that one out of my head. Don't care what the NCAA does.
0: Okay, well there are only three of us left. It's just the three men that are left. Alex is gone. Catherine's gone. They got no, their Catherine business taken care. Huh? Well, yeah. When Alex leaves, she always leaves now. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those deals. How old were you? This is for the three of us because I I don't really have an answer yet. How old were you when you finally felt like an adult? Uh, I'll let you, you know.
7: Uh, there's some days I'm still not sure. Yeah, see, exactly. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you both said the same thing. Well, I don't know if I am yet. I don't know. Honestly, yeah.
5: probably when Ethan was born was a big one. Yeah, that's yeah, probably that true. Yeah, that big impact. Yeah. Yeah, uh, getting married. Yeah, getting, getting married, married yeah. getting your own house, having a kid. All, yeah, the big deals. Watching the bills pile
0: up sky high. You know, that too.
7: And then for you, when Dad leaves, you know, that has an impact on how easily you grow up also.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, there you go. That's a fact. Well, here's the story. How old were you when you finally felt like an adult? If you're under 40 and you still uh, don't, you're not alone. Someone polled 1,000 millennials and Gen Zers between 18 and 42, and 57% said they still don't have a handle on the whole adulting thing. Uh, 80% of Gen Zers and half of millennials uh, it found the hardest parts about adulthood are managing money, saving for retirement, saving for a home. Well, so it's money. Because, I mean, managing money, saving, saving, finding a job
5: you like. All about money. But, I mean, like, Mm -hmm. having – being an adult doesn't mean being, you know, like, financially stable. No. Throughout all of human history, 90% of adults never became financially stable. They were all peasants and indentured servants. Pretty now, much true.
7: Financially sta- stable in their own levels, but you know, it's just you're you're but you're right. Yeah, they don't. It doesn't have in and of itself. I, I some of that though, I think, is people that don't want to take responsibility, so they well, absolutely, you know, are yes, that, you yeah. Know, we don't want to be adults because I don't want to take. You know, I don't want to be. I don't want to have to do what being an adult means. You know. Yep.
0: Definitely. Um, All right. Now here's here's a few takes, and still, if you agree with these or not. Okay, we all three have to answer honestly, though. Okay, you ready? Okay, first of all, the dishonest answers I've given so far. Yeah, there you go. It also looked at some specific life skills adults under forty still don't have. Number seven, ironing something. No, I've never ironed anything in my life. I haven't either. I've
7: ironed, ironed lots of things.
0: So you're okay with that? You don't find that, iron with that. Uh, okay? Because twelve yep. percent of people cannot iron anything. So Andy and I are that Only twelve? Wow. I would have thought it would be way higher. I mean, I'm sure I could if I tried.
5: How
7: hard is it? It's a it's a hot metal thing. Yeah,
5: it's It's not difficult. It's just I haven't done it. You you only you only you really only iron things if you wear suits a lot.
7: Yeah, you guys probably don't have things to iron.
5: Exactly. It's like I'm not going to be ironing my
0: you know Nintendo 64 (laughs) t-shirt.
7: Yeah, Yeah.
0: good move. Number six, using a grill to barbecue. Well. Let's how do you not know how to yeah. use a grill?
7: Well, I question whether
0: you do, Mr. Bernard. Mm. Oh, I used, to, I used to. grill all the time back at our house in Golden <laughs> Valley. Thought, he actually did. did.
7: No, I he did. doesn't. Okay. He, he, okay. he
5: doesn't use like stoves in the oven, but he'll grill.
7: Okay, okay. Yeah,
5: I can grill. Um, this is not got good a news. a great
7: grill. You just don't use
5: it. Catherine does. Well, their new grill yeah. is very complex. I don't know if I could use it. It's one of those green eggs. It, it took yeah, mom months nope. to get all the, the formulas just right. It's not like a, re, a normal grill where you just turn it on,
0: throw the meat on, and wait till it's done. Right. Okay, this next one is not a good sign for America, if this is true. Um, 22% don't know how to do this. 22% do not know how to do this. Number five, file your taxes. That's not good news. I don't think. I got to yeah. be honest with
5: you. Well, I mean, if we're talking about like doing it manually, mm-hmm. like literally filling out the forms by hand, not using something like Tax Hawk or you know well, going to an accountant or something, I bet most people couldn't do that.
0: No, I'm sure that's yeah. true.
5: But, yeah. Because taxes are very complex. I mean, our life isn't very complex, but we have a lot of forms and stuff that we need to. Take into account for our taxes. Right. If you have any investments at all, that adds ten more layers of stuff that you have to put in.
0: So I don't right. know. No, number four I think is a lie. I think that some people are lying. Thirty two percent said they cannot change a diaper. Well if you've never done it before. Yeah
7: if that's on unper- purpose.
5: Two years if ago never had I didn't know kid. how to change a diaper, yeah. but now I've changed I, many, many diapers. <laughs>
7: I've changed a diaper in an in a airplane's bathroom. So oh I, yeah,
0: that's I not. Think I'm yeah. Highly
7: skilled as
0: a diaper changer. Highly, highly skilled. Yeah. Uh, this one, I completely fail. In this one. 41% percent wouldn't know where to start sewing up a hole. Now, you don't want yeah, me sewing sew. up a hole.
7: Can you? I used to I used to sew my goalie pads.
0: Oh really?
5: I mean, you yeah, just go one way and then you the the go the other way. Yep. yep. Yeah. They
7: come to the bottom.
0: I guess. Uh, 46% have never tied a tie in their lives. I have tied many ties. I don't remember how.
5: Oh, really? I, I used to wear a tie. To, it was ISM, right, I think I had to wear a tie? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Yeah, I, I wore a tie for a while, but I don't remember how. Didn't no did you have clue. a clip I, on? No, I had a real I, tie.
7: Well, you did. I, get, I can tie a bow tie,
0: so we got them all. Oh, look at that. But the number one thing, 63% couldn't change their own oil if they had to. 48% couldn't change a tire. 42% couldn't jumpstart a car. Car stuff is number one, the number one things that people don't think they can do or just cannot
5: do. Well, changing your oil is simple, but you need stuff that people don't have. Right. You need a jack. You you need an oil pan. You need somewhere to dispose of the oil. Most people can't. They don't have access to that kind of thing. Well,
7: if you're a complete hillbilly, you could just do it on the side of the road.
5: You could, but you have to be able to get under your car, and cars these days are very low. That's why you need the jack.
7: Yeah, I'm just saying, that, but you could, like, do it in, like, an alley or something if you have really dirtbag. But um, I, I like your Tim Lodner. It was a Tim Lodner story with the tire.
0: Yes, that was Tim Lodner. Yeah. It actually was, yes. I got a flat tire going up to Jeff Passall's cabin up in northern Wisconsin. Timmy Laudner was in the car with me. I got a flat tire. I got out to change it. And he goes, just stay away from the car. I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't trust me at all to change that tire. I will never. And I don't blame him, by the way. I don't blame him that at all. Now, Andy, this is good for you. Oh, it's probably good for all of us because we all have children. Uh, The latest thing that's good for kids' development are dad jokes. Did you know that? I heard you talk about this on the morning show. Oh, did you really?
5: Yeah, we wake up early now. Oh, do you involuntarily? Uh, I mean, Melissa's seven thirty ish. I'm eight ish.
0: We wake up early now. It's very early Michael, for me. Eight o'clock. I used to go to sleep
5: at <laughs> three a.m. So
7: he's he's cracking the morning morning there.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
7: But comparably, you said you've come a long ways there, Andy.
0: Yeah, he has no question. Here's one for you. Did you hear about the guy who got caught stealing a calendar? He got 12 months. Oh, my God. Really? That's nah, the I'm it just means puns, you. basically. It is puns. You're absolutely. They're corny puns. What puns with and like, yeah, witticisms, that sort of thing. But apparently they're really good for kids. And here's why. A new study says that dad jokes actually have a positive effect on kids' development. The researchers say that when fathers embarrass their children with unfunny jokes, it teaches them how to overcome awkwardness. Pushing your kids' limits on how much embarrassment they can handle shows them that embarrassment is common and it is not a big deal. Do you believe that's true?
5: Hmm,
0: I mean, I I can see how it can make them think
5: about like the meaning of words, though. Like when you say he got yeah, 12 I months, it, it shows them that Phrases can mean multiple things.
0: Very true. Okay, you ready for the? We'll close the show today with this last joke. You ready? Okay. It says so. Keep repeating the same old stale puns year in and year out. It's your duty to your kids to make them better. Like this one. Quote: Your mom asked me if you uh, kids were spoiled, and I told her no. I think most kids smell that way. <laughs> Ah. Mm. I, I would think
7: Kostaki's job is safe.
0: <laughs> Kostaki, uh, full time. Oh, yeah. Kostaki wasn't on today. Where the hell was he? Yeah. Uh, it's
5: not football season. He's off. Yeah. Off. Well,
0: that's so he's on once a month now for a while?
5: I think, yeah. He's going to do once a month until whenever, I don't know, practice until starts?
7: September. Yeah, September.
5: Something
0: like that, anyway. So, All right, gentlemen. Well, talk, Michael, thanks for calling so- in. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Bye. All right, Andy, that is going to do it, correct? I believe so, considering everybody else has left. Yeah, it's just you and me. Everybody else is gone. Hmm. So we will talk to you tomorrow with the family.